Hello and welcome to Christ in Context. This is the very first episode. I'm so glad that you are listening and taking the time to learn about what this podcast is. Um, So this episode, we're just going to be talking about who I am, um, how I came to Christ, and how this podcast came to be, and what this podcast is going to look like in the future. So um, my name's Kevin. I'm 21 years old. I am about to go into my last year of um, university, so um, that's pretty exciting. I'm a double major in biblical studies in theology. I'm a married student. I got married last July. So my one year anniversary is coming up. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but, um, I did not grow up in a Christian household. Um, my mom and her side of the family were very Catholic. Um, her parents were very involved in the Roman Catholic church. Um, so her side of the family was pretty set on raising, um, I mean, her along with her sisters were pretty set on raising their kids, um, Catholic. So, um, I've got an older brother. He's three years older than me. Um, so we were going to church, at least with my mom, um, pretty regularly, at least when I was a kid. And then as I got older, we just, uh, you know, we stopped going. Um, me and my brother would fight it with every ounce of energy that we could. Um, you know, it's just a lot for a four or five year old or six year old to be sitting through Catholic mass. Um, at least as far as I remember. Um, and so as I got older, um, so I did, I mean, my brother, he decided not to get confirmed. Um, I definitely decided not to get confirmed, but both of us did have our first communion within the Catholic church. Um, but as we got older, um, I just kind of had this moralistic and deistic view on life and on the church that, you know, if you live a good life, you're, you have good morals, um, you know, you don't commit any horrendous crimes, then whoever that God out there is will probably accept you because from what I've heard, he's a pretty nice guy. He's pretty forgiving. Um, but I also do remember being kind of afraid of dying. Well, I remember being absolutely terrified of dying specifically just because I didn't want to miss out on any experiences in life, but I also was afraid of heaven because, um, I thought it would be super boring. I was like, I don't want to go to heaven. I think it's going to be just a bunch of angels and a bunch of singing and, It just sounds like it'll get pretty old pretty quick. Um, so my dad was, he didn't really come to church. He came to church with us on Christmas and Easter. Um, it got to the point where our whole family only really went to church on Christmas and Easter. Uh, and then we just weren't going to church at all. Uh, I was probably in sixth, fifth grade, I think maybe fourth grade, man, I don't remember, whatever, 
whatever grade you're in when you're nine years old. I was, it was 2008. Um, my dad lost his job. And so, um, our family just kind of, we hit, we had a rough patch for sure. Um, and so he was in and out of jobs, but, um, because he was in the automotive industry, he was working on cars. Um, it was just really hard to keep a job during that, uh, recession. So, um, eventually it got to the point where he also had this view that there was a God out there and he didn't have a lot of beliefs about that God. Um, and he was like, all right, God, if you're real, prove it to me. And, um, just for a side note, for context, he grew up in a very music, excuse me, voice crack. Um, he grew up in a very musical family. Um, he has been drumming since he was like eight years old or something like that. So, uh, his dream has always been to play drums for a living. And so he put out ads on Craigslist, hoping that maybe this would be the time while he was out of work that, you know, he'd get a call and get in a band and actually start making money from playing drums. Well, this church calls him right after he had uh, cried out to God and said, you know, prove it. He wasn't really expecting much, but this church calls him and says, hey, we saw your ad on Craigslist. Kind of weird question, but would you mind uh, auditioning for our church for our worship team because we're short on drummers and you seem like you've got credentials to be a pretty good drummer so he was like okay whatever learns the music goes auditions and he was in general just really really confused uh felt really cared for but he also felt like he wasted his time um because he spent a you know the whole week pretty much learning this music and mind you it's this church is a uh non-denominational mega church so all the songs are just like contemporary christian music stuff you hear on like k-love and uh you know other big christian radio stations so it's not hard music to learn um, but he so he felt like he wasted his time you know getting these songs down really good and they told him hey we can't have you on the team yet because you're not a Christian. Um, but he was, he also, you know, felt really loved and like they actually cared about him because they had invited him and our f- whole family to come to church. And, you know, they, they didn't want to just dismiss him as another body. They wanted to get to know him. Um, which is, and all of this is important because our family goes to church. Me and my brother aren't really expecting much. Um, we didn't pay attention at all to what was going on and my parents were. And so I believe if I'm getting the story right within a month, my dad was, he had repented. Uh, he was saved, gave his life to Christ and got baptized and, you know, fully immersed into this church. He got a Bible. Um, he was learning he had a good friend of his who was taking him out and doing evangelism. And, you know, he had a Bible study with this guy. Unfortunately, this friend of his passed away um, from brain cancer. But within a year, it took a while. 
about a year for my mom to give her life to Christ because she was worried that she was going to get um, basically disowned by her family for leaving the Roman Catholic Church. But it got to the point where she knew that she needed to, you know, trust in Jesus and be attending this church. And so she got to the point where she said, look, if, if my family does disown me, then so be it. But following Christ is more important. And so she gave her life to Christ, got baptized. Um, so at this point I was in seventh grade, I believe. So then I was going into eighth grade and I had some friends that I was hanging out with sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Um, we were just, you know, middle schoolers, how, however you want to take that. I mean, I think middle school boys can be some of the most terrifying creatures on this planet because they're just balls of hormones and just say the weirdest stuff. If you've ever been a, in a small group at church with a group of middle school boys, you, you know what I'm talking about. They just are strange, strange people. Um, but anyways, um, so when I was going into eighth grade, uh, my brother had given his life to Christ. He had just got out got out of uh, his first serious relationship, and he was struggling a lot. And so at this point, he gave his life to Christ and was turning around, which was really cool. But I, on the other hand, was going <laughs> the opposite direction as the rest of my family. So I s- spent all that time sharing the details about my family to highlight that At this point in my life, when I was going into eighth grade, or when I was at the end of eighth grade going into my freshman year, I was going the opposite direction of my family. Um, I wouldn't say that I wasn't believing that there was a God. I knew that God existed, and I was pretty sure that this Christian God was the right one to follow, but I kind of almost wanted to have my time and have my fun before I followed this God. Um... And my attitude was kind of, well, after I have my phone and I do all this stuff, then, you know, he'll forgive me later. So I was hanging out with these guys. Uh, we were troublemakers. We were out smoking pot and just, you know, illegally trespassing on train tracks and stuff. Like, just stupid eighth grade boy, freshman year stuff. Um, eventually, my parents did find out, though because uh, my good friend of mine didn't want to hang out with me anymore because he didn't want to be doing drugs, but I did. And his mom was getting concerned that we weren't hanging out, and she was like, what's going on? So she finds out what I was up to and basically told on me, (laughs) which I told her not to, but uh, it was a really good thing that she did because um, my parents called me out on it. Uh, My dad had spent, I mean, he grew up not only as a musician, but also he dropped out of high school because he was a drug addict. And so he was able to call me out and, you know, say, you can't be doing this. So going into my, going into high school, I had to abandon all of my friends because my parents wouldn't let me hang out with them. Um, And at that time, I was also in a really toxic relationship with a girl. Um, so eighth grade and freshman year were, it was just a dark, dark time for me. Um, at, and throughout all of that, I was 
kind of pretending to be a Christian. Um, you know, I'd go to church on Sundays and sometimes go to youth group and just kind of, you know, play the part. And, uh, I, I, as the saying goes, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to be a Christian and, you know, be considered a good person and like, no, I'm not going to hell, but I also wanted to enjoy my sin that I was living in. Um, and so by the end of my freshman year, I broke up with this girl and, um, started going to youth group with my brother and our church, because it was so large, was able to scholarship some students to go to summer camp every year. We would go on this huge week-long summer camp, and um, later on in high school, this became like the highlight of my year. Um, and we would we'd go to this place up in Wisconsin, and I didn't want to go at first, and my dad said, no, you're going, which I'm so, so grateful that he did forced me to go and didn't let me have my way because when I came back from that summer camp, I was, I, I knew, and I know looking back that when I got back from that summer camp, I'm saved. I I was saved throughout that week. I don't remember at what point I, this conversion experience happened. Um, but it happened at some point during that week. Um, I had experienced a community that I never had. Uh, I experienced the love of God in a way that I never had. There was a lot of preaching of repenting and turning away from your sins. And so from that point on, I spent the rest of high school chasing Jesus and trying to make him know, trying to make him known throughout all of my high school. And eventually I ended up actually losing the friends that I had just made because they didn't really care to hear me talk about Jesus. And they would try to point stuff out and call me out in hypocrisy, which I don't remember what it was, but they might be right. They might not be right. The point is that um, I was chasing Jesus and by no means perfect at it. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was living this life. I started dating this girl um, my junior year of high school, and um, then senior year, we were deciding on college, and our relationship was pretty serious. We decided to go to this Christian college in uh, a southern suburb of Chicago, and we went to college together for a couple years, and then we got engaged, and now we're married. Um, so... Um, yeah, I came into college originally as a major in pastoral ministry because during my high school time, I was feeling a call into ministry. I wanted to pastor a church or maybe be a youth pastor. I wasn't entirely sure. Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember other important stuff. But I, yeah, so besides my major in pastoral ministry, I switched it to a at first, it was just a major in biblical studies, and then I added a, another second major of theology. Both of them at this particular school are pretty small majors, um, and so I basically fell in love with studying the Bible, um, hermeneutics, which is like interpretive methods of the Bible, 
Um, I've fell in love with um, the Greek language that the New Testament was written in and the Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in. And so basically I became a huge, huge nerd, a huge Bible nerd in particular. Um, I also had some theological changes from a charismatic Arminian non-denominational, uh, you know, I kind of at first stayed away from being super intellectual with my faith because that would kind of put you in a, in a state of being like a Pharisee or something. Um, and you know, it might get in the way of your, your ministry opportunities, but what I've come to find out now is how important it is to study and and really know what you believe and put things in their proper categories in order to benefit your ministry. So once I graduate, um, I plan on getting a master's in divinity. Um, I Right now I'm pretty set on Mid-America Reformed Seminary where I'll probably go. Um, so I do want to pastor a church, um, but that leads to this podcast. Why this podcast? Um, so some of you who are listening might know my good friend, Luke, who does the study anchor podcast. Um, I've been on a couple of the episodes and he's a really great guy. We lived together for a year and a half. Um, you might also know Nick if he's, he's been on a couple of those episodes. And so, um, I've noticed that there's been a lot of really, really solid, um, reformed podcasts about ministry, about uh, living life as a reformed Christian, uh, all kinds of really, really solid reformed podcasts. But one thing that I've noticed that there isn't a lot of podcasts in general about is biblical theology. Um, One podcast that got me interested in the subject just in general is called The Bible Project, which is a very, very popular um, podcast and YouTube channel. Um, and so um, I started searching for podcasts and other YouTube channels and stuff that cover this, and there's not a lot of uh, information. There's really strong academic books, um, but there's not a huge base of uh, biblical theology podcasts. So I wanted to kind of bridge the gap between academia and lay people um, and be a reformed voice within uh, biblical theology. So I'm by no means an academic scholar, even though at some point I would like to be, but my goal is overall ministry and preaching the word. Um, But for those of you who don't know, biblical theology just simply put, is God's redemptive plan in Christ as revealed in history and historical events through the biblical text. So to unpack that a little bit, it is how God has planned to redeem humanity um, in different periods of time through types and foreshadows and images um, to, so he's revealed in types and shadows and images, how he would eventually one day come in Christ and redeem humanity and make salvation 
effective and possible uh, for anyone who would repent and believe. And so I'm super fascinated with, I mean, I already mentioned the biblical languages, but also, um, you know, doing in like really in-depth narrow studies about, uh, you know, you might talk about like Edenic typology, you know, where is this theme of the Garden of Eden throughout the whole Bible um, or temple typology? Where is, where do we see pictures of a temple seen throughout scripture? Those things are super, super fascinating and they don't get a ton of, uh, a, a ton of voice and uh, you don't hear a ton about it. So people are always amazed when, when people bring this stuff up because they never hear about it. Um, another thing that is specific about the Reformed hermeneutic and Reformed understanding of Scripture is that um, Christ is the lens and the interpretive uh, framework that we use to interpret all of Scripture. Um, and that's kind of where the name of this podcast comes from. At first, I was trying to come up with a name, and I was struggling a ton. And so I asked a group of friends that um, we have a Bible study together, and I asked them, hey, what are your thoughts? Here's my plan, and what are your thoughts on a name? And my my buddy Landon said, hey, why don't you call it Captive Conscience? And he reminded us of the um, the story of the Diet of Worms, where um, Luther is on trial because of his 95 theses, and he says that he cannot uh, recant anything because his conscience is captive to the word of God. And, you know, I thought that was absolutely brilliant and I was going to roll with that. Uh, but there was something that I just wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, it just didn't sit well. I thought, you know, maybe it might be too narrow of a name. Um, people might not understand the reference. Um, I, it just wasn't sitting well. So then um, I sat with it. I thought for another week or so, and then I figured I'll call it out of context because a lot of times texts are taken out of their rightful context or they're interpreted outside of the context of Christ and his fulfillment in all of scripture. Um, and, you know, we live outside of, like we live out from the context of scripture. Uh, so I sent that to Luke just specifically. I also sent it to the rest of the guys and told them, Hey, this is where I'm going. And instead, I mean, all the guys were like, okay, whatever. But Luke pushed back and he said, why don't you call it Christ in context? It just flows off the tongue better. It's broad and makes it clear that this is a Christian podcast. It's specifically about Christ. Um, and, and that's it. That's how we got to where we are. Um, this podcast will be in partnership with the Doctrinal Discipleship Group and Ministry, which we have a Facebook page, and we do have a website that is coming out. So you'll be able to find this podcast everywhere that podcasts are available. Um, and... Yeah, so the, the point of this podcast is primarily biblical theology and um, interpreting scripture in light of Christ and his fulfilled work 
in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so, um, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I don't only want to focus on just um, scripture and just passages that are taken out of context, but I also want to talk about other, you know, theological concepts using the framework of Christ as the fulfillment of scripture, because um, there's really important discussions that we need to have. Um, A really long debate that I had for about a year and a half was Calvinism and Arminianism. And eventually I landed in the Reformed camp and I said, I think that the Calvinist position is more, more faithful to scripture. So uh, the podcast is primarily just going to be talking about, um, you know, scripture related things. And you might be thinking like, well, why, why are you so obsessed with scripture? Um, a comment that I've had, even from my brother, was, you know, like, hey, be careful that you're not idolizing the Bible or you're not worshiping the Bible. Um, I know that there's some guys in the Reformed camp who have a tendency to do that. And I, I was a little bit, I guess, defensive or maybe thrown off by that. But um, he does bring up a good point that we hold a really, really high view of Scripture and uh, sometimes it might seem like we're worshiping scripture or idolizing it, and that might be a sinful pattern that some people have. Um, I'm not convicted that that is where I am at. I'm definitely convicted that we ought to hold scripture at a really, really high level because it it itself claims to be breathed out by God. So if it's by nature... God's clear spoken word. You know, we have you might have an experience where it feels like God is impressing something on you or pushing you in a certain way uh or you know nudging you to do something but it's not clearly articulated exactly what he wants you to do. Whereas with scripture, it's very clear who God is, what his character is, uh what he requires of man, how he wants to save man, how he wants man to live, uh, the list goes on. Whereas your personal experiences are all subjective. Uh, one person might have an experience that says that, uh, one thing is true where another person might have an experience where another thing is true. And so if those things are in conflict, they both can't be true, but we do have the word of God to be the mediator, to clearly speak what is true and what we should believe and what we should do, uh, with our lives. So, uh, you know, like sometimes, for example, people are confused about what they should do in order to live out the Christian life. And it's very important that we do pray and we do ask God where he's leading us in order to properly minister to the body and properly, Uh, preach the word to the lost. But it's also very, very clear from scripture that we ought to preach to everyone and we ought to love everyone. Um, And it's, it's just, it is what it is. Um, So I hope I'm not rambling too much. I hope that's also a good general gist 
and idea of where this podcast is going to be going. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. Um, I've got John 3.16 planned, um, Philippians 4.13, Jeremiah 29.11, good stuff like that. But I also want to talk about topics like uh, David and Goliath or um, in Genesis what Genesis 6 where um, God says that man won't live 120 years. Um, there's some really interesting discussion that's been had over topics like that where, you know, a passage like that, that it doesn't get a lot of attention because people don't know what to do with it. And so I'm excited to talk about stuff like that and hopefully learn myself from these discussions. Uh, I hope that we'll all be able to grow and learn together. Um, there's a Facebook page that's up and um, the doctrinal discipleship group. So if you have interesting articles or um, interesting books that you think would be helpful for certain discussions, I'm more than welcome and more than willing to try to make time to read. I'm pretty busy, but um, you know, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Thanks for taking the time to listen and, um, I hope you're excited and uh, ready to dive deep into the Bible and the authorita- authoritative Word of God and really get to know it um, and cherish the words that God has spoken. And the reason in doing that isn't just that we would be academically rigorous in our Christian and personal faith, but that the academic rigor that we do have would uh, eventually lead into a greater and more in-depth prayer life and personal relationship with God, and also a greater uh, ministry of sharing the gospel with people. Um, I've grown so much in my own personal relationship with God as I've learned so much about him and about who he is through reading theological works and reading you know, spending a ton of time really studying scripture and putting it together and seeing how much uh, it does, it actually doesn't contradict itself. I, I also do want to deal with contradictions in scripture or alleged contradictions in scripture and see, you know, what we, what we do with issues like that. Uh, what do we do with language issues and textual issues? Um, so I hope this is going to be a, it, it might be a little bit more academic in nature, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to make it accessible and uh, easy to listen to and easy to understand. Um, but don't, don't be intimidated. Um, I'm, I'm just intimidated in general that I'm starting a podcast. So bear with me. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll catch you on the next episode.